that's Hooters for you. Welcome to Hooters, the podcast about astrology. We're, we came to Hooters. We're at Hooters. I'm Chris Farron. I'm Jess Abbott. Why did we? Uh, why are we at Hooters? I still don't really know, but I'm pretty sure we said at one time that we would come to Hooters. You guys gotta stop saying ago. stuff on the podcast. I'm trying. We're not gonna say stuff again for a long time. Yeah. Um, we have a very special guest, and that's somebody who is near and dear to my heart. The first person so far that has ever been on the podcast that I've had sex with. You're very, you're very on the set of Hooters. My wife, Cassandra J. Farron, no relation. I'm here. I've come home. Are you lips she touching the thing? My lips are touching. There you go. Have you been to Hooters before, Cassie? Yes. Explain. It's been a few times. Uh, I, it, I hate it. Too much wood. You don't like it? Too much wood. Too much wood. I just almost choked on my lemon squeezy. <laughs> I, that's all I got for Hooters. Too much wood. Uh, I don't know. There's something there. I'll say it. Well, that's no. the that's the girl's cash crop. Wow. There you go. Help. My question is, where is the owl tank that you select the owl you get to eat from? Oh, wow. wow like red lobster. Yes. Oh, my God. There are so many... What? People looking at us? Butts. No, there no, are so many butts. butts everywhere. Yes. Jenny's in a panic because there's a lot of nice asses here. So many butts? Here. Yeah, it's a whole thing. What did you expect, Jenny? Boobs, honestly. Uh, We're going to talk about kind of just like the signs and the planets thus far, because we got through all of the planets last week. We went through all of the signs previously. We've got like a grasp on how to look at some shit in our charts. So we're going to talk about Chris's chart a little bit. We're going to talk about Cassie's chart a little bit. And we're going to talk about their their charts together, which is called Sinistry, (gasps) when we look at two charts together and how they interact. So far, all we've done is come in here and order drinks. Uh, we have, un- I mean, we couldn't not notice our beautiful waitress and her very nice butt. And then we peed and the bathroom was so <laughs> bleak. Was the saddest like, bathroom I've ever been. Nobody's been in the women's bathroom here in some time. As I was peeing, I thought, I hope I have some kind of revelatory epiphany while I'm peeing at Hooters, but... All I thought was, I'm peeing at Hooters. Can I read a few important drink selections from the menu? Please do. Well, as you recall from Red Lobster, their their signature margarita was the Lobsterita. Yes. The signature margarita here, well, there's a few. There's the Legendary Rita. There's the Perfect 10 Margarita. And then <laughs> my favorite is the Rita Gone Wild. Hey, like Girls Gone Wild. That's what I'm saying. That movie you made me watch. (laughs) There's also a drink called Hoot Punch. I like that. There's Hooterade. Uh, I think, did you read um, it Then there's Pink Passion. The Pink Passion description starts with, looking for some passion in your life? You've come to the right place. Hooters girls are famous for their good works. And if there's one that evokes their passion, it's the fight against breast cancer. Then it stops being funny. Oh, wow. Good for Hooters. Yeah, good for them. Uh, and then later we're going to probe Chris's wife at Hooters. Hell yeah, we are. <laughs> and also uh, we have a Patreon now where there is a $2 tier, a $5 tier, and a $10 tier. And the perks you can get by supporting us on Patreon are you get the full extended... One night with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Starting at $2. Whoa. 
She wears the Hooters right. uniform. <laughs> yeah, but the original one, not this, not the all black that they've got. Yeah, Kathy the doesn't Halloween like one. the uniform change. No. I like it. It's goth Hooters. They're not, I don't know who's been to Hooters recently, but they're wearing all black. <laughs> and I ignore, I, I love all black. It's great, but. Now they're night owls. They're, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, so you, you get, for the for the tears, you get um, the full extended uncut Astro probes with our guests. Yeah. Uh, you get to ask me one question, astrology related, about your chart or any other thing. And you can also get a 20% merch discount in our entire web store. Okay, so now that we're done with that, um, yeah, so the next two episodes we're going to do are going to cover the houses and the lunar nodes. The so what? The houses and the lunar nodes. Lunar nodes. I know, I wanted to line up Hooters with the lunar nodes, mm. but it was so much better to have friends giving at Hooters, uh, yes. which is, yes. So much to be thankful for. Yes, we've got a lot to be thankful for. Two um, things. As listeners may or may not remember, Cassie is the voice of Astro Blast yeah. in our theme yeah. song. And when you did that, you seemed very displeased with the whole thing. <laughs> so I'm happy to see you're glowing at this Hooters mm. on the mic. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's because you're around so much girl power, right? It's true. I feel really empowered right now. We need a picture of yeah. you in a Hooters uniform. Do they sell those here? Yes. Definitely. I'm going to check really quick. You buy me a Hooters uniform, I'll go change into it right now. Would you really? Yeah. What? <laughs> you look so shocked. Wait, what, what would you do? You get me a, a, a Hooters uniform right now, I will change into it. I'm going to fucking blow. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> wait, wait, really? I, I mean, not. I mean, uh, this is good. This is good to know. You just wait, pairing nicely with that. I just discovered. I went over to the entrance, and there's a coat rack there that doesn't have any coats on it. But w- what it does have is like about eight hula hoops that are all just hanging by the door. <laughs> oh my Once God. we get her in the uniform, then she can hula hoop. <laughs> oh, okay. What? Do they do that it. here? They must. I'm or I'm on Amazon right now, about to press. Order on a Hooters outfit. Uh, all right, so yeah, the the next two episodes are going to cover houses and the lunar nodes. Um, so since they haven't gotten over it yet, it's hard to like do a deep dive into either of your charts or anything. But what why? we are going to go over why? Yeah. But when you do a deep dive into the the chart, you usually look at the signs, the planets, the houses, and the aspects. Um, and we haven't even that aspects episode will come even later than that. So we can't get like a full scope, but there's a lot of like fun stuff we can do with what we know. And I'll probably actually get a little bit more. Okay. I'll get a little into it and just like do some basic shit that's easy to explain. And like the main thing that we're gonna look at is so the, the houses. Do you remember what the houses are, Chris? Earth. No. Wind. <laughs> no, those are the elements. Captain okay, that's it's cool fine. that it was an astrology thing you came up okay. with. Okay. They are the, like, when you look at a chart and it's cut into 12 slices uh-huh. and it looks like a pizza, right. each slice is a house and right. there's 12 of them that go in order. Starting at the 9 o'clock position is the first house, going counterclockwise all the way around so you end up in a 12th house, which touches the first house. Got it. And each house represents a different area of life, so something that's outside of ourselves, like education or educational institutions, like houses, families, partners, things that are not like within us, but the signs are like a manner of being. The planets are aspects of ourselves and the houses are where they happen. So Ah. it kind of like comes together into a specific map. Um, And 
so aspects are the degrees apart that the planets are on a chart. Um, for example, like in geometry, like 90 degrees apart would be called a square aspect and um, so on. There's a bunch of different aspects. We'll get into that in a later episode. But the one that we will talk about today is the, the it's called the conjunction or the conjunct. And that's when two planets are like on top of each other, when they're like touching. Nice. It's like the easiest thing to see in a chart when you look at it for the first time. Yes, thank you so much. Can I get another drink when you get a chance, please? Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I feel like the waitresses are like, we're like throwaway customers because we're like podcasting, but I want them to know that I like them and I want them to be fun to me. (laughs) 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 Right, so conjunction, when two planets are touching, it's like the easiest thing to see in a chart because you'll just see two planets like right next to each other. So the way you know two planets are touching, you'll see them on your chart and you'll see a number that indicates the degrees like 23 degrees, for example. And planets that are technically conjunct, they, there's an orb that exists of eight degrees. So as long as two planets are within eight degrees of each other. So yeah, if you'll see a planet that says like, if you see like your moon is at 23 degrees and then you see Mars is at 25 degrees and they're, and they're two degrees apart and they're technically conjunct. Okay, so let's look at Chris's chart first. Hell yeah. <laughs> Maybe they're being so respectful of us because they think we're a, a food reviewing podcast. <laughs> they're like, yeah, bust out the special wings. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this edit is going to be weird because the music is so loud. You're just going to hear the song while cutting in and out in different places. I had half a beer, so. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. She's wasted. Speaking of drinks, though, for real. Where are fried pickles? <clears throat> Um, all right, so let's talk about Chris's chart. Yeah, baby, finally. Here it is. This bottom one. Not to be confused with Hooters side by side. They do look like <laughs> two Hooters. The bottom chart is Chris's. So these are all the houses here. The lines are kind of faint in this lighting, this dim lighting. But they go all around like Sexy. this. In this 9 o'clock position line is the ascendant. The rising sign is the sign that touches that 9 o'clock line. Yeah. So Chris, you can see Chris's Capricorn rising there. And then the moon is right on that ascendant line, so it's also in Capricorn. So things that I wanted to bring up about Chris's chart today. There are like Great. so many things you can bring up about anyone's chart at any time. It could, you, that's why people get like regular astrology consultations. Um, a lot of people will get like annual or like biannual astrology consultations with like a specific astrologer because like there's just like it goes on forever it's like an infinite pool of info but so just to like I like cherry picked a few things to talk about about your chart today um here's what I noticed you have what is called a stellium on your ascendant what and a a stellium is when there's three or more planets in a group they're all like in a cluster so I have a Stella, a Stellian, a Stellian? Stellium with an M. Okay, an M. Um, okay. Okay, so a Stellium is when you have a cluster of three or more planets all in one spot. Okay. And the reason why it's significant is because all of those planets, uh, usually at least a couple of them are going to be conjunct, if not like all of them or a bunch of them. When the when planets touch each other, they like magnify each other's energy. So 
for example, two planets that are touching in a chart will be more impactful than a standalone planet. Uh, and then there are some factors that may change that fact, but that's kind of like the blanket rule, I guess. So when you have a stellium, it's really uh, impactful because it's multiple planets that are all just like clustered together having a party, basically. And you have a, a stellium right on your ascendant where your rising sign is. And the ascendant is a really significant part of the chart, which is why it's in the big three, sun, moon, rising. So a stellium on your ascendant is like a very noticeable thing in a chart. And the three planets that you have there are the moon, Mars, and Neptune. Uh -huh. So here, I'm just going to say like the things that really stand out as, as like a first look at a chart for an astrologer. And what stands out about your chart, Ultra Capricorn, with your moon and rising uh, being... Ultra? Just like a lot of it. Nice. And your Mars and your Neptune. So, so your rising moon, Mars, and Neptune are all in Capricorn. So it's like a significant dose of that energy. Okay. And uh, I feel like that's relevant because you always say that you identify as a Capricorn. That's right. <laughs> and not only is it just like the, the heaviest, like the most present sign in your entire chart, but it's also all cl like clustered on your ascendant, which is how you bring yourself into the world and how you want to be. Right. That's um, me, baby. So Neptune is, uh, Neptune, as we learned a couple episodes ago, deals with like fashion and compassion um, and trends. Fashion and compassion? Mm-hmm. That's me, baby. And Mars always, uh, Mars is always working and doing and creating. It's really energetic. Aha, uh -huh. yes, yes. Your Capricorn moon, so the moon is your, your emotional faculties. Uh, so having it kind of like on your ascendant means that it's, it's not very hidden, and emotional comfort is like a motivator for you and how you bring yourself into the world. Yes. When I see the stellium on your ascendant, what it reads to me as is kind of like a telltale sign of a career artist. Because uh -huh. the moon and Neptune are very like emotional, they're very artistic and spiritual and, um, you know, however you interpret that. And then Mars is action-based and doing and driving yourself forward. And the ascendant is what you're bringing into the world. So all of these energies come together to show someone who's like, using arts, compassion, and energy to carry themselves. Cassie, you agree? Oh, yeah. Uh, and then romantically... Oh, yeah, here we go. What, so, what, what do I got coming up? Well, one of the planets that we look at... Coming up? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Hang on, I gotta get, a, gotta get in on these pickles. All right, so we look at Venus when we're, when we're looking for love and values in a chart. Yeah. Values in what you like appreciate in other people and in a romantic partner and in friendship, but also what you value just like in life and what you're okay. what what you want to hold on to and like drive yourself towards for your future. We would look there for your like ideal life. So the fifth house is associated with the sign of Leo, and the fifth house represents um, like lovers, romantic interests, um, childlike behavior in a positive way, like youthfulness and like having fun. And Chris's Venus is there. So that would indicate someone who's romantic and tender and values his partner in sex. And we don't look at the fifth house for, for necessarily marriage or, like, uh, partnership, but we look at the fifth house specifically for, like, lo romantic interests and, and sex. And, um, I've had and sex. So, Cassie, remember? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so when I see a Venus in the fifth house, I think, like, of someone who's, like, playful and romantic uh -huh. and I like the second I saw that when I was printing out your chart last night I was like just thinking 
about all of, I, I was having flashbacks, a montage to all the things that I know about you guys and your like playful relationship. I don't know. Like Who notes knows? you leave each other and um, we and do also, leave each other. Well, I leave Cassie notes a lot. So Venus is your Venus is in Gemini, and Gemini is also like a really. I knew it. It's like a youthful, fun, like playful. Like Gemini always has a sense of like childlike wonder to it. And so, like, that with Venus and romance and the fifth house, and it's just, like, I feel like you, you guys are such a playful, romantic couple, and especially, like, the itty-bitty-titty committee joke. Uh-huh. Not to bring those words up in a Hooters, Rude. but... <laughs> we'll get kicked out. They almost didn't let me in. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's long-running joke is the itty-bitty-titty committee. I've gotten mail. His mom seriously thought we were getting mail from them. <laughs> And she asked, she genuinely asked me if I was actually getting mail from the Itty Bitty Titty Committee, which honestly is rude, but... Oh, I'm sorry, do you want to talk about astrology? (laughs) Okay, the last thing I noticed about Chris's chart that I wanted to talk about today, his Mercury is in the third house. I knew it. In Aries, which um, the the third house is associated with Gemini, and um, and it it indicates, uh, it represents in a chart um, communication... And through communication, that can be with other people or with, like, forms of media and information transformation. And Aries is, like, an assertive sign. It's, like, a fire sign. It's aggressive. It's, like, out there doing stuff. It's related to the planet of Mars, which is tied to the god Aries of war. So Mercury feels very at home in the third house because Mercury rules Gemini and Gemini rules the third house. It's all kind of like in this like flow together, uh, but through this lens of Aries. So basically I, I want to mention it just because of uh, communicating with others and forms of media is also something that you do, whether that's do. through music or art. And um, Aries means that it's something that's like an energetic part of your life. I love it. Art, media, e- entertaining. And Communicating. Aries, it's all me, baby. And Aries would indicate someone who is, like, kind of, like, singular and stands out with their communication and information. And so, like, I mean, your whole vibe is very that. Yeah, I played a show in Denver the other night, and the crowd, I'm going to say, unanimously decided that they did not like me. Oh, no. And all it did was make me very, um, I, I get, like, indignant when a crowd doesn't like me. Like, in, you know, just in my head, I don't say anything. But all I can think of is, they're wrong. They don't get. They don't get it. That is literally Mercury in Aries. It's like your mental processing yeah. through, through like you believing what you believe like solidly. Right. Yeah. Unwaveringly. Yes. And like not changing, not letting anything influence that. Yeah. I think a lot of performance artists would envy that fact about you. I mean, yeah. When a crowd doesn't like me, I suck even harder (laughs) (laughs) somebody tagged me in an Instagram story it was a video of me playing but then it said Chris Farron is a tool what (laughs) yeah yep it was a they didn't understand like jokes they didn't get they didn't get the joke yeah um but hey what, what can I say I mean you can't help it you can't help it when people are dumb yeah, but uh, when I played in Dallas the next night, mwah, they got it, and they liked it. I'm happy to report Dallas is not canceled. Denver, your ass is Be canceled. Nice. I mean, I'm still playing a show there coming up in February or January. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Tickets available now. Tickets available now. Okay, let's talk about Chris. Er, 
Let's talk about Cassie's chart now. <laughs> Mrs. Chris. Straight up rude. Mrs. Christopher okay. Farron. Well, your couple's name is Chrissy. Ew. <laughs> Jenny's got the hiccups again. Crassy. And I know this is a thing that has happened on previous episodes. Great. So good. Yeah. I think we're just working on it. Yeah. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Jenny just hiccuped so loud in front of the Hooters server. Yeah, all of us are embarrassing. Right in front of her butt. Her butt was right. Did you just say I hiccuped in front of her butt? You hiccuped you did. basically into her butthole. Oh my God, Cassandra. <laughs> Sorry, can I say butthole on this Jay. podcast? <laughs> you can say literally whatever you, yeah, you want you, on this podcast. You, you've listened to this podcast and you're like, is there something I can't say? I taped a probe today without Chris where I called myself misogynist in it. <laughs> Pr- proudly. As a woman, I oh, wow. say, how dare you? Okay, so let's look at Cassie's chart now. I would yeah, love hell to. Hell yeah, let's take a long, hard look at Cassie's chart. If Chris's, if Chris's chart looked to me like it had telltale signs of a career artist, what Cassie showed to me was like kind of an immense amount of placements that indicate someone who is like deeply compassionate for groups, communities, and society. Like... And I don't, I'm going to put it out here that I don't know Cassie very well yet. We're getting there. But we'll see. I don't know you well enough to, like, fit what I know about you into it. All I really know about you is that you have itty-bitty titties, you're Chris's wife, and you love Grey's Anatomy. That's true. People always tell me that my wife must be a very patient woman. <laughs> true. Also, tattoos. Big boobs. Wait. Well, Wait, form- no, you just said I... Formerly, Formerly the huge They're getting boobs. back up there. She's been working on Medium it. Medium boobs. <laughs> These tater tots. I'm eating, I'm eating tater tots. And I've also just called my boobs tater tots. Nice. I call mine fried pickles. Oh, <laughs> my God. Wow. What is this podcast about again? Um, boobs and astrology. Actually, that's probably not untrue. <laughs> Okay, so Cassie's chart on top here. Yeah, but, yeah. Okay, so here are the things that about your chart stood out as someone who is, like, at least outwardly, um, emotionally reserved or detached or aloof, but deeply caring for other people um, to an extreme. And we see that in your ascendant, your rising sign, which is Aquarius. And Aquarius is, like, the ultimate sign of, like, caring for for groups of other people. And then it's ruled by the planet Uranus, which is on this top line that's called the Midheaven. Because on a birth Midheaven? Chart, midheaven. There's like an axis. So like this line here we know is the ascendant and that's the descendant. This is the top line where the 12 o'clock position is roughly is the Midheaven. And below it is the Imam Kole. We'll talk about what all of those are later. But basically the Midheaven at the 12 o'clock position is... Um, how kind of like how like what you want to be known for by others how you want groups of people to perceive you and like the work that you want to be recognized for and uranus which rules aquarius you have on the midheaven so on like two of the four axis points that are really important you have like synonymous energy i guess and then you also have wait can i ask you a question yes uh, you always say uh, Uranus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> End of question. <laughs> That's it. That's the question. Um, <laughs> is that actually how it's pronounced, or do you just say that so People that you say don't it. wait? Uh, <laughs> hang on. Okay. Do you just say that so you don't say Uranus? 
constantly. Um, that I've chosen Uranus for two reasons. One, so I don't say Uranus, and also because I've noticed that most other astrologers say Uranus. But I think that you can technically say Uranus, no. Uranus, or Uranus. And I've, I've heard <laughs> Sorry. it all different. Uranus? No. Mm-hmm. no. That tends to be, I think, more like British people or like older people who have that weird, like, tr- transatlantic... Uranus. Uh, yeah. But I do feel like Uranus is the most commonly said in the astrology community, and it might be just to avoid saying Uranus. I don't know. Okay. But also, doesn't saying Uranus sound like a deeply American thing? Like, oh, yeah. Uranus. Uranus. <laughs> Very, like, Midwest. No yeah. offense. <laughs> um, okay, so then also what in your chart stands out there is your your son is in the 12th house. The 12th house is also tied your to... Your son? With who? (laughs) (laughs) So your son's in Aquarius, which we just talked about what Aquarius means. And it's in the 12th house, which Pisces is tied to compassion. So it's like just like a very caring, like nurturing vibe. Um, That's me. And a lot of concern for others. And then on the, okay, so on the back of the sheet, this is your charts together. Oh, hell yeah. Nice. One on top of the other. That's right. Oh, yeah. And this is called Sinistry. Um, and what Sinistry does, uh, you can do. There's like, you can do this for free online. There's like different web, any, any like, in the same way you could Google like natal chart calculator, you can also do like Sinistry chart calculator, and it'll, you just type in two different charts, and it mashes them up together. We'll talk about how it works specifically. It overlays them in a specific way. Um, they kind of like turn a little bit. Nice. Um, so Chris's, it says, is the inner wheel here, and Cassie's is the outer wheel. So now it's like you took a tiny pizza and you put it on top of a larger pizza. Pizza sandwich. That's for the visual of what this but looks like. But it's like having sex also. <laughs> <laughs> Have I been doing it wrong? So then we can look at what planets of yours are touching each other. Nice. And ones that stood out to me, just in terms of conjunction, ones are directly on top of each other. Your Neptunes are touching in the 12th house, which signifies like a dreamy romanticization of each other. Um, You romanticize me? Yes. Neptune is like dreams and visions (laughs) and like idealization. So sometimes it can be bad for, for example, if like you look at Sinistry and someone's Neptune is on someone's like sun or ascendant, it could signify that one person is idealizing the other. And eventually that idealization will like come apart and the attraction can fade or whatever. But having two Neptunes, it means you're kind of like seeing each other through that romanticization and like vision of each other. Um, It ends up being like, I I think anyway, a really like sweet thing. And it exists in the 12th house, which um, Pisces, Neptune and the 12th house all kind of go together. So to have your Neptunes in the 12th house it means the Neptunes are happy there, yeah. naturally, and um, and they're yeah they're like interacting there in that house. We're so. in love. You're in love. What can yes. I say? We're gonna totally les Jenny. out later. What? <laughs> what? Jenny saw another butt. I think. We're gonna les out, as Jenny would say, right? That's what it sex is. How fucking dare you? And so your your Plutos are conjunct as well, and Plutos, as we learned in the last episode, Pluto signifies like power and transformation. It can it can sometimes mean like negative transformation or uh, transformation through like a powerful and negative event, such as like the death of a family member or like uh, a loss of a job. Yeah. 
the, the Hooters waitress <laughs> called Jenny Honey, and it turned me on. Jenny just, well. Wow. I don't want to give away what Jenny just did. For her? For all of us. What happened? What? Nothing. Chris said he's going to get a mop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your Plutos are on top of each other. Nice. And so uh, it means... Hell you, yeah. It, it, Doggy think, style, Pluto. I think in its positive, <laughs> in its positive uh, interpretation, it means... This is Sorry. honestly a disgusting podcast, and I don't even understand it. <laughs> That's right. So Pl- Pluto is like... Uh, I'm interpreting it as the ability to go through life's transformations, uh, for better or for worse, together in a way that you're, like, in sync on. It's not like one of you goes through, like, a drastic event or, like, or transformation and the other person is kind of just, like, not there for them or not handling it well. Instead, I think it signifies that when one of you is going through something powerful, the other is sensing it as well and is, like, a support for the other person. Is that true, Cassie? Yeah. It's true as well for me. It's also... Pluto. She's crying. <laughs> you made her cry. Weeping. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pluto can also, in some, in some interpretations, not not all, but some people link Pluto to sex, and so having Pluto's conjunct would um, signify like a really powerful and connected sexual relationship. Hell yeah, Cassie. What do you think? Tonight's night. Uh, or perhaps like the ability for or uh, the yes. the tendency for <laughs> for sex to be powerful in your relationship. Okay, so Cassie's Mercury is also conjunct Chris's Mars and Moon. So we've got Chris in the inner wheel here. His Mars and Moon are here, and your Mercury is just, like, right over them, hanging out, touching them, indicating a, a comfortable communication that nurtures Chris's Moon. It means that your method of communicating would feel comforting, comforting and comfortable to Chris's emotional tendencies or capacity I guess which can be when that's kind of like the downside like for example I talked about negative aspects I guess I didn't there are more negative aspects other than the conjunction which if Cassie's Mercury was negatively aspecting your moon it could mean that her emotion or uh, her communication would rub up against what your emotional needs are but that's not the case with you guys it's like a comfortable flow of, of energy there yeah and then lastly, I have that Chris's Venus is conjunct... My what? Venus, baby. <laughs> is conjunct Cassie's Chiron. And we haven't talked oh. about Chiron yet. <laughs> wow. We'll talk about Chiron soon, but the, the short, like, the Spark Notes version is basically that it's... Um, Chiron is, like, our mortal wound. It's something... A part oh, of us... Yeah, it's a... Yeah, I don't want to say <laughs> oh what I was going to say. Oh, my God. I know what you were going to say. <laughs> Like, the playlist uh, at Hooters is uh, trapped it somewhere. Bumps. It's a uh, very um, like the year two thousand one. I feel like I'm at like a middle school dance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a, and I'm in middle school. And you I'm a middle schooler. School. <laughs> I'm and not the, like as an adult in a middle school dance. The the room is very like it looks like a middle school gym floor, and it's, it's like lit like one. It sound like the sound system sounds like one. Yeah, <laughs> it's lit like one for and sure. And there's this much wood. Hey, come on. Hey, the TNA boner. is much better, though. Delete that. Edit that out. Edit out when I said little boners, please. <laughs> no, leave it in. That's, I'm sorry, Cassie. That's staying in. So the last thing I had about your, your charts, Chiron um, is kind of like an inherited wound. It can be something that, like, was instilled at us in childhood or something that, like, our whole, like, that we inherited from our family that feels like something we can't overcome. It's And it's something that will, it can't be healed. It's like, a wound that you just have to learn to live with and accept about yourself. And Chris's Venus, which is all about love and um, love and beauty, 
is on top of your Chiron, helping kind of like soothe that pain in you, I guess. It's just like a really like positive, nurturing energy to have on top of a part of you that, yeah. <laughs> that might hurt at some point in life, uh, even if it's oh. subconscious. Okay, that's what I got. That's beautiful. On that note, I think it's time to probe Cassie. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. All right, Cassie, um, what's your relationship to astrology? Oh, uh, I, I lightly dabble in it. Mm-hmm. I'm in it for the memes, if I'm being honest. Right. Okay. I love memes. Just hates the memes. I fucking love memes so much, and I love astrology memes. Sorry. I don't. I don't hate the memes. I would like the memes if it didn't, if people didn't like take them literally and then like shit on a lot of. I don't like when the memes shit on like. There's a lot of like Gemini and Scorpio shitting, which is just really reductive. I just feel like sometimes it waters Are down. Are you Gemini Scorpio? I'm a Gemini, but that's not even why. It could be any sign, and I would feel that yeah. way because it just feels like a watering down of like the integrity of astrology and the shit that it actually means. I feel. I don't know. I just wish people like knew a little bit more and then went to the memes instead of like learning from the memes. Yeah. But I look at the memes too. I follow like all kinds of astrology meme accounts. Yeah, I'm just in it for the memes. And I, I, I mean, I just skim through and I, I don't look at anything that is not Aquarius. I'm right. not interested. I mean, that's half the fun of astrology is talking about yourself. Where's the ketchup? Yeah. Can I have a tater tot? <laughs> of course. Chris, I was gonna get a dessert with you, but turns out after I ate wings and fried pickles I feel like shit and I yeah. cannot eat the dessert what are you doing with the ketchup then tater tots <laughs> <laughs> come on cheesecake is so dense I can't imagine throwing that into the mix right now in my it feels pretty stomach. dense yeah I just wanted to continue the tradition of feeling like absolute shit after one of our episodes at a restaurant yeah um, okay sun question oh I was like is my probe over that like I mean I heard <laughs> longer probes than that but okay <laughs> well that means you must know the questions what do you think your purpose I is I don't know I know oh my god I honestly was I didn't think you were gonna ask. I didn't think I was gonna be probed first of all and I wasn't ready what did you think when we so invited passed. you to Hooters <laughs> I just thought you wanted me for my Hooters sorry Jess what was the question <laughs> oh what do you think your purpose is yeah I don't know oh to be a loving wife yes. yeah there you go huh? oh my gosh it's my one purpose <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I know my purpose yet. I like that answer. How's that? That's, wait, yeah. wait, what did you say? She doesn't know yet. You'll have to Whoa. listen for my answer. Did you say you don't know what your purpose is or you don't know if you have a purpose? I don't I don't know Whoa. what it is. Jenny, I just what the hell? It's my loud wife? in here. It's loud That's in here. I wife. was just... <laughs> I'm not, I don't come here to cry into the fried pickles. <laughs> <laughs> they sorry. honestly are very dry looking. They're good, Cassie. You just wouldn't know because you're vegan. Yeah, they are pretty good. Whoa, 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 whoa. Be nice. (laughs) Okay, moon question. What makes you feel safe? (gasps) I don't know. Chris is dancing up against her like at a middle school dance. No, definitely not. (laughs) I I honestly wasn't prepared for any of these questions. Safe? Yeah. I don't know. Just being alone. Being alone. (laughs) Being alone. (laughs) Being alone. I mean. What the hell? I buy that. You both have said that you like... Yeah. You're not perturbed by time apart when Chris goes on tour, which is like Cassie rising question. What TV show, movie character, it could be an athlete or a politician, any kind of archetypal person or character do you uh, relate to and or aspire to be like? 
Usually I say go with your gut on this one. It's usually like something that you like. Okay, this is the one question that I have thought about. Okay. And it, I mean, I'm already stealing it from somebody else that has answered this question on this exact podcast. Mm-hmm. Christina Yang, Grey's Anatomy. Oh. Wow. Stevie. You want to be like that woman? You first, okay, first of all, you haven't even watched the show. I've only seen season one. She it just Grace seems like she has a really fraught life. You're a featured singer on Grace. Yeah, you've had your song on both of you. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just seems like she has like a lot of like pain and like self-judgment. She she's driven like, break out of She and, was like, impaled. Of course she's got a lot of pain. Yeah, she was milled. Her husband cheats on her. <gasps> oh my hey, gosh. Think about it's it. true. And she was like, fuck no. She's cool as hell. She's doesn't let anybody get in her well. She's cool. She's impaled. She's Sandra O. Oh. Yeah, I and I've seen Sandra O. Oh in real life. How tall is she? Short, shorter than me. What did you do when you saw her? I turned a corner, and she was turning the same corner, and we, you know, made out, and we made out. We we hooked up real quick. Um, You got some wings at Hooters together. (laughs) I I gasped in her face, and I mean, there's no, I mean. She knew what was up because I. Did you have her sign your your itty bitty? Have her sign my boobs. I actually did uh, have a party, Emmys, Oscars, where I made a Sandra. Oh, I made like a dessert that was Sandra O themed. Oh yeah. Sandra well, Oreo pie. Oh yeah. <gasps> oh my god! Now I want dessert. But anyway, yeah, I would love to be her. I think she's great, and I, I'm, I'm obsessed. Um. Hell yeah. That's the first double down on a probe, and I love it. Love to see it. Well, we did it, guys. Oh, advice. Advice time. I'll answer all of these exclusively. Thank you. All right, Chris, read the first one. Okay. This unnamed person, and of course, I always give a name to an unnamed person, and it is the great Rudy Giuliani. Capricorn Sun, Capricorn Moon, Cancer Rising. I have a problem of removing my filter when I get depressed and succumbing to my inner Capricorn bluntness, which ends up driving all of my loved ones away. Any tips for working around this? Oh, boy. Well, here I go with my advice, since I'm only... I'm the only one answering these questions this episode. Wow. I would say I also <laughs> I also struggle with that. Yes, we're yeah. great. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, I'm with like the S- the old SNL skit Debbie Downer. If anyone's familiar with uh, that. Yes. Yeah. I would say that's me. I regularly like to bring the crowd down with really depressing stories, which it would be the same thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, this person becomes Rachel Dratch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, like, first of all, sometimes it's okay to, like, succumb to that shit when you're depressed. You gotta, like, my understanding of, like, sadness is that you have to let yourself feel it for a little bit before you try to get out of it. Because it's important to, like, interact and interface with your own feelings. Otherwise, you're just, like, stifling. So, like, sometimes it's okay to be a bummer. If that's just, like, what you're doing, then do it. But um, when you're ready to come out of it, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm well-equipped to answer this because I'm a pretty big bummer all the time, too. I just bottle it all up, all my uh, negativity. There's something I think... Um, this reminds me... 
of like living in New York when it's really, really, really cold out and how like you walk around with your shoulders like hunched up to your ears and your like whole body is tense because you're like trying to con constrict all your muscles in a way that like makes you feel warmer. But if you like think about it and release all of the physical tension in your body and just walk through the cold, the cold kind of like passes through you in a way that like makes the experience of feeling cold like less painful. So you're saying like accepting what you're going through and the what you're feeling will I think like help it. Allowing yourself to feel sad and like not judging yourself for feeling sad. Like we all have low points and I think just like sort of like the best thing you could do for yourself in a low moment when you're feeling low and also being like fuck why do I feel so low I have to get out of this is to like give yourself permission to feel what you're feeling yeah and that'll help you move through it faster I yeah. think I think that's great I feel yeah. like my therapist does that to me a lot and she always says to um, let myself experience the grief and then I'll move on from it and I always just smile and nod I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, <What> Amy. Grief? <laughs> yeah, I that think, sounds great. <laughs> yeah, I think sadness is very isolating, and so yeah, a typical reaction is to drag everyone down with you, around you, or maybe that's just what I do, and I love it. Um, one thing don't that recommend just, it. One thing that just made <laughs> me it felt like an upper was when Ignition Remix came on. So you should listen to an Ignition Remix, and you'll feel better. Wait. Wait, that is bounce, that? Bounce, 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 bounce. Is this R. Kelly? This is yeah. unfortunately R. It's R. Kelly right now. Yeah, you guys, it's remixed to ignition. It's it just is it's here to stay. It's, it's not going it anywhere. It transcends it's, it's R. Kellyness. <laughs> no, Cassie, you were yeah. grooving. I'm no, no, fucking no, 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 no. raging mad right now. Uh, that's spoken like a true Aquarius rising with Uranus on the midheaven. <laughs> I got Uranus on the mind. Hey, <laughs> come on. Said, just like R. Kelly. <laughs> No, 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 no. Hey, R. Kelly's Cassie, bad. Cassie, we're at Hooters, not Tutors. That's why we came here. Because <laughs> we said Hooters, not Tutors that one time. All joking aside, okay. this is seriously fucked up and I hate it. Good. Question number two from Joe, who writes, I'm loving the show and learning more about astrology. Also, my beautiful Born Hot pre-order vinyl. Hell yeah. Thank you. I had a quick astrology question. How do twins work with astrology? A lot of the twins, both identical and non-identical, I have been friends with, have had wildly different personalities, but don't they have the same charts? Please enlighten my infant astrology brain. Well, you've come to the right place for that question because uh, when it comes to like, m m like mystical spiritual astrology, I don't know how they would answer this question, but the way that I would answer it from psychological astrology is that um, uh, who we are and our personalities are informed by like our experiences and environment and our you know our own brains. So I've never believed that astrological charts determine who we are in any capacity. So twins can be whoever the fuck they're going to be. And um, but what they do have that they share with their sibling is they grew up you know in most cases I would assume in the same environment. So they're growing up in the same conditions, which is how their charts would be very similar. But we have learned that any sign or planet can reflect its native energy in, like on a spectrum with like two opposite extremes. Like for example, Mars can really help you get things done and take you out of depression and pull you up by the bootstraps and like get you going. But it can also be really like authoritarian and aggressive and mean. So like that's the polarity of the same spectrum. Um, and so twins in the same environment could go one way or the other with their own emotional responses to things. So um, 
Yeah, I get, just because someone is a twin, you know, it's not going to change how they interact with their own chart. And I think you can still find um, information in your chart that may be similar or different from your twins and equally valuable for each of you. Twins, nice. We're a Hooters. Hell <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, last question, Chris. All right, last question, and it is, oh, an unnamed person. I, I so, wrote it. So, of course, <laughs> it must be. Okay, this unnamed person is... Um, Our waitress. Ripley from Ripley's Believe It or Not. <laughs> Our waitress is Ripley from Ripley's That's Believe right. It or Not? Yeah. She's wax. incredible. Can you Wait. believe it? All right, Taurus Wrong Sun, museum. Taurus Moon, Leo Rising. Hi, big fan of the pod. Okay, so for as long as I can remember, I've been existing in pretty constant chaos from circumstances mostly outside of my control. It's gotten to the point where I can not only survive and navigate the chaos, where I can not only survive and navigate the chaos, but I tend to thrive under the pressure. Now I sometimes find myself creating these situations for myself, even when things finally get peaceful for a second. And that seems so backwards, and I don't know how to take a step back. I've been trying to use astrology as a tool to understand this thought process a little better, but I'm at a loss. How do I exist peacefully, or at least manufacture some sense of order? Because, dude, I'm, like, super tired. Okay, love you both. Bye. Okay, so basically this person has come on some difficult times and has learned to just kind of, like, thrive in it and, like, is, is inspired by it almost? Is that the read? But also they, they might kind of create chaos when there is none because they feel comfortable in that state. Okay, so this person's in like a pattern, like a, a death cycle. My interpretation is uh, it's something this person needs to pull themselves out of, kind of like the first question. Um, it's like, I think all of us can fall victim to like our own patterns and those are the hardest things to get away from because they're like, it's like almost like having a chip in your brain that like a programming, you have to, like, deprogram your brain to stop creating chaos. I guess, like, the only relative experience um, that I have of that is, like, trying to pull myself out of, like, a shitty relationship pattern. Oh, my God. With Jenny? No. I'm sitting right here. Jenny was one of the things pulling me out of the pattern. Nice. Okay. Um, she's post-pattern. Uh... Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, and the first step for getting out of that pattern, for me anyway, was just, like, recognizing it and accepting it that, like, okay, I date this kind of person and that's bad for me. So this person, you know, like, they're recognizing what's bad for them is their need to create chaos. In terms of getting out of that, does anybody else want to take the wheel here? What should they do? Well, I think, I think initiating any kind of real meaningful change in your life is going to necessitate you embracing the reality that you're going to be uncomfortable. Like, change isn't comfortable. So if you really want things to be different, you're going to have to take a deep breath and accept that in order to reach that goal or start to work towards that goal, you're going to have to not be as comfortable as you like to be. So... I think, I think accepting that is like kind of the first step and the next step is assessing your behavior and thinking about like when you're making decisions that you know are going to make your life feel less stable or more chaotic, determining which of those decisions you're making because you know what will result and that that will make you feel comfortable and which of those decisions you're making because there's some greater purpose and distinguishing between the two. I think... Um that what's like something like practical this person could do is like every morning when you wake up 
just have like a mantra where you like say to yourself like I'm not gonna make like a chaotic decision today and then like as things like enter your sphere your like life and throughout the day just like re like remember that mantra like hold on to it and then just like make a different decision than you normally would like if like if you if like an ex texts you that you know is bad for you and like contributes to your need for this chaotic pattern in your life, then like stop for a second, remember the shit that you're trying to work on, and then don't text them back. Just like fucking don't. And like if that's something you normally would do, that's a sure sign you should not do it now. And like that's just like one example, but anything else that's chaotic like that. It's just like a lot of time and reprogramming. It's like not going to be overnight. Yeah, it's about like I guess creating good habits as yeah. opposed to bad habits. Yeah. And it's hard to create any sort of habits. You could like make a list of all the like bad habits that you have or like bad decisions you tend to make and um and think about what those opposites would be and then try to just like do those things like every day do something that feels stable to you and like feels like something that's not characteristic of your pattern and just like try to feel good in it and like reprogram. Yeah. Yes. Well, everybody. We've done it. Uh, another batch of people cured. Um, rate and review us on the podcast app. Chris, didn't you find the greatest review? I did, of course. Lobster Brioche says, hilarious and informative. Jess needs to do a rap or we all riot. No. Oh, hell yeah. She's going to do a rap. Here we go. A poop. Cha. No. Definitely not in a Hooters. Cha. 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 There's a new Sagittarius playlist on Spotify and Apple Music nice. and on our website under Astrojams curated by Jenny herself because That's right. her birthday... King of the Sagittarians. <laughs> her oh, birthday wow. was November 22nd. Oh, and what a Happy time birthday we to had. Me. Um, Jenny has a new EP out. Chris has an album out, Born Hot. They're Born great. Hot. If you don't have them yet, then fuck you for continuing to listen to this podcast. Yes. Yeah, fuck you. In, in the spirit of Friendsgiving, just like lightning around, what's one thing that you're thankful for? Cassie. Hooters. Chris. My wife. Chris's wife. Chris's wife's Hooters. <laughs> wow. Nice. And speaking of all those Hooters and mm. all the butts we've seen tonight, I personally have to say I'm H for it's the, the D. D. <laughs> the stars and that. Beautiful. <laughs>